Good evening, everyone. This is Rich Duncan with Ink Heist, and tonight I'm joined by Shane Douglas Keene and our new co-host, Laurel Hightower. We kept uh, we kept introducing her as like a guest host, but she's actually going to be a permanent member of the show as long as she wants to be a permanent member of this uh, madness. But uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, and I'll, I'll stay on until you guys kick me off, so... <laughs> or George does. That's not, yeah. That's not likely to happen. I think even George likes you. Yeah. Well, oh, that's the other thing. I when I called her and I added you, and I was like, oh yeah, she'll finally get to hear it. It was dead silent. Of like, course. Anything. <laughs> well, it's like when I when I heard the giggles when I was doing those sound edits a few weeks back, whenever it was. Um. When I played back the the final podcast, there was nothing there. It was just me yeah. who heard it. <laughs> People probably think we're a bunch of nuts. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, we talk about George every week, especially me, Shane, who always says I don't fucking believe in anything. <laughs> yeah, see, it's all your fault. It's something's <laughs> trying to reach through to get to you. Well, that's what it is. You challenged it. You challenged it. Now they want to make you believe. <laughs> yeah, you remember that. You remember that. Uh, you remember Zach Baggins, I think his name is that guy who everyone makes fun of that does like demon hunters or ghosts or whatever. Um, no. like bilbo baggins like (laughs) i think that's his name yeah i haven't watched the show because i i like they would like try and make fun of the ghosts and stuff and it was like so over the top and ridiculous yeah that's uh uh, even for someone who doesn't believe shit like that that seems risky to me (laughs) <laughs> well you did it <laughs> but it's like, what, if, what if you're fucking wrong you know and you make fun of it like, I well, say I, I should... believe it but I don't make fun of it because that would be stupid <laughs> I, yeah I guess like uh, just challenging it more like like I think one time he was like basically challenging it to a fight and it's like well how exactly is that going to work <laughs> like, like I don't think that's going to work out too well Oh, he won. You know, he won. That's it. The ghost back down. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. I didn't look it, at it that way. Now, see, I would watch that show if he actually got the fuck beat out of him by something invisible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but uh, yeah, for everyone listening, uh, tonight we're going to try and do like sort of a live ask me anything type thing that uh should be a lot of fun or could be or it could blow up in our face because uh so far no questions have rolled in yet (laughs) crickets crickets (laughs) to be fair though we did we did just post it right before i clicked record (laughs) but uh i guess too we could kind of talk about some stuff we've been enjoying while we wait for those questions like more recent stuff um and i'll kick stuff i'll kick things off by saying uh i just finished season one of banshee and shane's probably well through season two because <laughs> he 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 likes to try and stay ahead of me even though i started it uh, I, yeah i did a favor 
I did you a favor, and as soon as I finished episode 10 of season one, nice. I stopped. That's nice, because, yeah, I didn't start it yet, but for anyone who hasn't seen it, I believe it was originally a Cinemax show, and the long and short of it is, without spoiling it, is it's basically an action-packed, uh, pretty brutal um, show about a guy who basically is a criminal, and he shows up to this town called Banshee, Pennsylvania, and he's in a bar and you know this isn't really a spoiler because it all happens pretty early and the guy who is set to become the sheriff gets killed so the criminal just impersonates that guy because nobody had met him yet he came from across the country so he just assumes his identity and becomes the sheriff of this town and it only gets crazier from there uh yeah it's a very <laughs> kind of grit lit rural noir feel to it and violent as fuck but really really fucking good i was actually going to talk to laurel about it because i'm i'm as you know beta reading something of yours and i i thought of as soon as i started watching this show i thought of what i'm reading because uh, it a lot of it involves russian mob and you know what yeah yeah it, it does have some similarities to that yeah yeah, so it just was intriguing to me when I started watching. It's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's I'm, trend. Maybe it's maybe it's in, maybe it's our new trend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and too, I know I said it was a Cinemax show, but it's already it's been over. I think since 2016, and somehow, even though it seems like it was tailor made for. Shane and I, because of the stuff that we like to watch, um, it was from tw- we somehow missed it. But yeah, it's it's on Amazon Prime. There's four seasons, and I think they're like ten episodes apiece, except for the last one. I think has eight episodes. Okay, I was going to ask if it was on Prime or Netflix. We have to like we have to update our um, Blu-ray player or something because we can't get Prime right now. Like. Like it expired on our device. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, except for the time. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe you just have to reactivate it or something. Is it like a smart TV or? No, no, it's like oh. a, it's it's just one where we've got like the Blu-ray player hooked up to just oh, play, okay. you know, the streaming stuff. But I guess the Blu-ray player like has survived longer than they're willing to send updates to it. I don't know. Yeah, I think I remembered hearing something about that. I think that's what it is. Every now and then, though, like with our Roku, we periodically have to have to actually reactivate like we just got the device brand new. Yeah, so it might be worth looking at, but I could be talking out my ass, too. So. <laughs> well, no, it's kind of it's kind of like the old IT thing. Like, did you turn it off and turn it back on? Right. Only you're, you're deactivating it and then reactivating it back. Uh, I used to I, I've done so much technical support and stuff like that. Like two weeks ago, I was fucking around with problems with my computer rich player remembers me bitching about it and my wife says well well did you reboot it and i'm like oh, of course i fucking rebooted it and then, and then as soon as she walked out of the room i rebooted it because 
this course didn't reboot it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where you get uh, you get so used to something that you just skip right past it because you're like, no way, it's something this simple. <laughs> exactly. And then you kind of work your way back. Exactly. I'm smarter than that. Fuck that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that connection between uh, Banshee and Laurel's uh, book. I, I didn't really pick up on that at first until you mentioned it. Like, as far as that aspect of it goes, it is kind of it is yeah. kind of got the same feel to it. I think you just kind of if you smoke a lot of hash, you pick up on all these synchronicities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, if you guys haven't, go ahead. Oh, I said there's another argument in its favor, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody needs to be spoken to hash for us, so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, it's uh, it's worth checking out for sure. Um, yes, not for the whole family though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot not. of violence and there's a lot of fucking in it. <laughs> <laughs> that should it's a shame that show got canceled that should be like the tagline review shame Gene of Inkai says not for the entire family there's a lot of violence and a lot of fucking <laughs> so like not only don't watch it with your kids but like make sure your mother-in-law is not hovering over your phone oh, no right. No, for sure, definitely not that. Like, I don't know what I was expecting when I watched it, but, like, I expected some of that stuff, but, oh, my God. You know, they didn't call Cinemax Skinemax for nothing. <laughs> but to be clear, it's not all just that stuff. There, There's a very, you know, engaging story behind yeah. it, and... Uh, it was funny because every everything you look like when I looked up about the show, it basically said that like season one was like the weakest. But like after I seen all the stuff that was in, I was like, how could this be the weakest version like season of the show? Like makes no sense. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really doesn't at all. Um, speaking of why did why talking about a rural noir flick reminded me of this, but. Uh, I was talking to Todd Kiesling last night, and yeah. uh, he's originally from Kentucky. I forget. Really? Yeah, I forget the name of the town. It's some podunk little town. <laughs> His uh, novel Devil's Creek is based on a real place over there by that town, and uh, play, placed basically in that town, although used fictionally. Um, but we were talking about he was we got to talking about Hellier as I often do, and he started talking about the different places in the show that he's actually been to and how it was so weird to see that stuff in relation to it. And I told him that you were from Kentucky, and of course he said, "Oh, what part?" And I of course said, "Fuck, I don't know." So, <laughs> What part, Laurel? <laughs> I'm in Lexington. I thought so, but I didn't want to stick my foot in my mouth, so I went with fuck, I don't know. That's, always, <laughs> that's almost always the honest answer, so. <laughs> yeah, right? 
<laughs> well, I mean, like, if you're not in Kentucky, it's all kind of the same anyways. Unless inexplicably you care about Kentucky basketball, in which case, you know, rabble, rabble, Cardinals or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I've had some friends from Kentucky, and some of the friends that I had in my life from Kentucky were very, very intelligent people, very intellectual people, friendly people, you know, just good people. And then some of the people I've known from Kentucky were like the people Todd Kiesling described last night that live up in the fucking hills and never come down. And <laughs> so you, you have a unique breed of population there. <laughs> Me too. We we cross a lot of uh, a lot of borders. It's actually when I was in um when I was in paralegal school, the our teacher would tell us about how like when she would have to go take depositions or like meet people like you know out in the hills that like they told her to bring her own toilet paper and bring a gun, like everywhere <laughs> she went there. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, that's probably solid advice for a large percentage of Kentucky. All your bases. <laughs> that's kind of funny that's like uh that's kind of like two extremes there like bring yeah. your own paper and your gun <laughs> i had a i had a neighbor i lived in the these duplexes when i was a kid and our neighbor was from kentucky and when i left home i was gonna go hitch hitchhike around the country just a little bit like my dad did which is a stupid thing to do don't do that kids um <laughs> but uh she said well have a good time and stay away from kentucky with that long fucking hair <laughs> <laughs> so i did <laughs> you know I mean, it's funny it <laughs> See, you guys, you guys have switched switched places with me now. Rich gets to interrupt Laurel every fucking time. Yeah, that's why I just slowly died off. <laughs> Which is how we end up with our awkward silences. We're all like, "Wait, I don't, I don't want to step on them." Yeah, I really think we. I really do think we need to sell sponsorships to those silences. Yeah, right. Just fade them in there. Uh oh, it's silent. Oh, this moment to tell you about. <laughs> <sighs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I guess we'll kind of just go around. I did Banshee, and uh, we'll go to Laurel. Could be anything: TV show, book, movie, uh, Frozen. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Frozen. <laughs> I know. Well, it's like um, and. I've, I'm still got like a cold, so pardon me if my voice just goes completely out. But, you know, like a little over a week ago when he first was singing it, it was like the cutest thing on the planet. And it is still cute, but it's not cute that he like angrily demands Frozen on my phone like every eight <laughs> seconds. Like, I can't listen anymore. You have to stop. And he's two, so he doesn't care. So, uh, Yeah, I, I got the extreme pleasure of spending a week with my sister or a weekend with my sister and my grandniece and I can quote Coco beginning to end <laughs> verbatim every fucking thing in it <laughs> at least at least and you know I'm not talking crap about Frozen for 
you know people who like it but at least coco is like a really good movie <laughs> yeah but it doesn't seem so after the 50 <laughs> <laughs> uh all i picture is shane being you know his ordinary self being forced to watch like 50 hours worth of disney films back to back yeah the, my problem is is that my grandkids and grandnieces and nephews have me wrapped around their finger and pretty much can get me to do any fucking thing <laughs> well yeah that's what i mean that's why it's funny <laughs> Because I know inside you were probably like this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, this is great. Like, fuck, I really need a bong hit now. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, even the best movie that many times? We watched, we had Sebastian watch Elf for the first time at Christmas. And like, at first I was like, oh, super cool. He loves it. And now I have seen it 373 times in a row. And I'm like, I never thought I could get tired of Elf, and I'm so tired of Elf. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what happens, too. It's like I, the first time I saw The Lion King, I thought, that's an amazing movie. And the 300th time I saw it, I thought, I wish that movie would have never fucking been made. <laughs> <laughs> when my brother, uh, I have a brother, there's a 12-year gap between us. He, I, he was, he was older. Like he wasn't a little kid, but he was, I don't know, like elementary school maybe. And he was obsessed with the live action film of Mortal Kombat. And I can't tell you how many times I had to watch that back to back. Oh man, <laughs> I, I didn't watch that movie one time, let alone <laughs> over and over again. Oh man, you're missing out. We all know how much you love '90s cinema. Yeah. You got to watch that. You got to watch the Jean, I think it was Jean-Claude Van Damme live action version of Street Fighter. I've oh, yeah. seen, I've seen every, great film. I've seen every Van Damme film ever fucking made, to be honest with you. <laughs> so you saw Street Fighter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. And, oh, man, we're stepping all over Laurel's segment. You know, I made the frozen joke, and then we just kept going. I was just going to say, this tangent brought to you by Laurel Hightower. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't even give her real recommendation. I'm I'm trying to think of one, because I'm like, when was the last time I watched? I mean, we watched watched the first episode in the second season of Black Spot tonight. So that's that's closest to pop culture, like, relevant that I've been in, like, a month, so... Oh, that's that's still relevant. That's that's an excellent show. And I think, you know, it, it's pretty recent, you know, not that it had to be recent, but. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, that is really excellent. I'm, I'm glad because I did. I was holding a grudge against it after like either the first or second episode um, because, I, you know, what I thought happened. And so, yeah. You were able to clear that up for me. I was like, okay, I forgive you, show. I will return to you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once the once they get you past that little bump there, where you're going, you didn't really fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, it's funny. There's there's not very many of them, uh, French horror shows. But of the one, I think there's like four that I could think of. And I even tried googling it. They've all been excellent. Like uh, Less Revenants. Um, Black Spot, Marianne, and then there was one on Shudder. It was like a four-part miniseries called Beyond These Walls. 
but yeah, all of them have been excellent. I, I think I saw Beyond These Walls last October. Um, yeah, I didn't see the final episode yeah. yet, but <laughs> I forgot uh, about it. <laughs> Black Spot, though. Black Spot is an incredible example as far a visual example of that uh, horror noir that we are so fond of talking about. Um, yeah. Because you, you got kind of a both things going on. You got both a crime noir story going on there, but you've also got what ends up being a pretty horrific story. You know? Yeah. Well, and the, and the interesting, like, you know, supernatural elements that I, at, at this point still appear to be supernatural. I don't know how that turns out, but I just think it's, just, I mean, it's a really beautifully woven kind of mix there. Yeah, it is. Very much so. Yeah, and I like. I like the, I don't know why, but kind of like the natural elements that tie into it, like, you know, kind of going into those supernatural things, like, that's always been kind of interesting to me, because, um, like, uh, I like George Scott, too, which is like a Swedish show that's kind of similar, but I don't think it's as good as Black Spot, but that's yeah, always been fascinating. And Black Spot has some killer cin- cinematics as far as what you're talking oh, about yeah. goes. I know. I want to um, go live there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Those views are fantastic. There's a really good um, Spanish. Now I can't remember. There's a movie or like a three part like miniseries um, that came out a couple of years ago. And I think it was called like The Forest that kind of reminded me of Black Spot. It's, I mean, it was similar in some kind of ways. There was the same kind of like interesting, you know, kind of remote setting like that. And, you know, set in, set in the forest. And and that one was pretty good. If you haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure that was on Netflix. I'll have to write that down. What was it called again? I think it was called the forest, but I actually have this thing where I tend to give just wrong enough of an answer that no (laughs) one can find what I mean. Yeah. Rich does does that to me too. I've gotten really good at figuring out what it. (laughs) (laughs) No. The only one I did was that one movie, uh, Starfish, that I kept calling Butterfly. For right. Some... <laughs> I'm looking all over for some movie called fucking Butterfly. And... <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember who, but it was somebody in the horror community on Twitter said it was really good. And I saw it and I'm like, oh, I'll check it out. And it, it was pretty interesting. It was kind of weird, but I liked it. So, uh, let's see. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, Shane. Real quick, you have to give your uh, recommendation. I was going to say, I'll do that. Our first question. That's what I was just going to say. I, I have our first question here. So, I'll, <laughs> um, And I totally forgot what I was going to talk about. Oh. <laughs> no, not actually a show. Um, but uh, I started uh, J.F. Gonzalez's series, uh, Clickers. Which oh, he's, okay. he's he's he uh, collaborated with multiple people, like the first one with Mark Williams and several with Brian Keen. Uh, but it's a fucking blast. I mean, where Survivor was, you know, dark and disturbing as fuck. This is definitely. I mean, it's Gonzalez, so of course, you know, trigger warning. But um. It's very, very violent, but it's just a blast. You know, it's just sheer cinematic creature feature fun. Yeah, so 
It's like I got about a third the through the first one, and I immediately started getting my hands on the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that looks good. I've seen good stuff about that one. It's fun. It is. It's kind of funny as I always resisted his work, and then Brian Keene very, very, very vehemently recommended it not too long ago, and I thought, yeah, I'll give it a try, and I'm I'm an idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, you want to ask the question, Rich? Or... Yeah, sure. <laughs> that was funny. You had that or that trailed off, but yeah, I'll. I'll ask it. Um, the first one is... It must have trailed off before I heard it, because I don't know what it was. <laughs> Either that or it was George, but... Yeah. <laughs> the, the first question is more for uh, Just Laurel, and it says, it's uh, from Michael Clark on Twitter, and he likes to know what your next novel will be about if it's not a secret. Um... Yeah, that's a good question because it's. I wonder if that's. Uh, is it the next one that I wrote or the next one that will be published? Because I have no idea. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I guess the the next one that I wrote is called Silent Key. That's the one you guys are beta reading right now. Um, so no, it's not a secret, and I'm probably not going to go into too much detail. It's kind of a. I guess, Rich, you said probably like horror noir, right? Is that yeah, the- that's the impression I got from it. Yeah, so it's, it's got uh, it's got some some supernatural elements in it as well, um, but it's a little bit it's a little bit darker and a little more set in the natural world. Um, and it follows a uh, a police officer, an NYPD uh, gang squad officer, when she and her family kind of end up having to leave New York. So. You know, yeah, that's really interesting at this point, but I, I I can never like sum it up like in speech like i can't i definitely can't write cover copy that's like the worst thing to have to do in the world it's like i don't know just read it and then tell me later what you think it means well i think too it's kind of it's kind of difficult and you know i'm no expert and you could tell me if i'm wrong but it's kind of difficult only because like you're still kind of actively working on it so like you don't want to give anything away before it's done you know and people might not read it for a little while. So it is kind of difficult to be like, well, what can I kind of put in here to like give them an answer, but not, you know, spoil the story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and plus like one of those things, it's why I'm not great necessarily about doing a lot of like hype beforehand because I'm like, man, I could say it's about this. And by the time an editor gets done with it, it might not be about this at all. I could have promised something and it's now about totally something completely different but but i appreciate the interest michael thank you i'm, I'm excited to hopefully I, i'm still really gunning i really want to get a couple things in in print this year i would love that but uh but we'll see how that works out yeah i think i definitely think uh it'll i don't know that it'll necessarily come out this year because i'm not a publisher but i think i think you won't have any problems finding a publisher I hope not. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I would have to agree. I'm not I'm not far enough to the end to you know make a final determination one way or another. But um, 
it definitely proves that you're no fluke. You you weren't a one hit wonder by any means. So. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna circle back to that because you just you gave me a you gave me a question idea, a fun one. It's not necessarily about writing, but I'm gonna have to remember that. And um, the second question from Michael is he'd like to know what you're lining up for celebrity guests. So I'm assuming I don't know if he means like just people we're interviewing or um, like maybe. Yeah, that's what I think he means. Yeah, that's what we're going to assume you mean, Michael. If you didn't, you know, you're bad. You should have said it better. (laughs) <laughs> or I, or I could have read better because it does read exactly like that. Like people will interview, but then I was like, you know, sometimes we have, you know, other people guest hosts, you know. So I didn't know if maybe he meant that too. Yeah, I think he just means our people. Well, we'll go with that. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't. Of the ones that we have so far um, coming up this year, and I don't think it's a big deal to announce them early to you, like who we got coming, like the ones we have locked up for the next couple episodes. Yeah, not not a big deal at all. Go for it. So we have... Uh, Brian ne- Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so next week we have Brian Kirk as Shane so excitedly pointed out for us uh, the kickoff February we have John Foster and Linda Jones and then the week after that we have Haley Piper and then we have Hank Early and I'm, I hope I pronounce his name right and and Pisarek Pesaric? Um, I good for you for trying. I'm not gonna, you know. Ian, yeah, yeah. Sorry sorry if we mess that up, and we normally ask the guests like before, but he's the author uh, of uh, forthcoming. I believe it's his debut called Before Familiar Woods. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, those are a couple of the guests that we have coming up. we have other ones that we're working on, but we don't we don't want to announce them just yet, just in case you know things change or what have you. But those are our upcoming guests that we have definitely lined up for the next couple weeks. And the next one is, and this this could be long, and that's why I was kind of pausing in between because I don't know them off the top of my head, so I wanted to get the ballot so I could read the actual categories. But uh, he wanted to know what our predictions were for the upcoming uh, Bram Stoker Awards preliminary ballot. And that's that's why I kind of paused, because I'm like, uh, I know there's, like, superior achievement in a novel and, like, first novel, but then I forget the rest. (laughs) But um, I don't know if uh, I guess maybe I'll just pick. I guess the way we can do it is um, we can go through the categories or at least some of them um, and just kind of give like one book that we think will 
end up on there out of each category. Do we know, like, is there a list of what's on, like, an, an initial ballot, or is that still to be determined? Uh, that's that's still to be released. I think that's what he wanted us to guess, is, like, who we think right. will be on that preliminary one. Like, the preliminary one, I think there's, like, 20-some books per category or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I figured we'll just maybe, like, put, like, one book we think will be on some of the categories but um because to like uh some of the categories we can announce them and if you guys have read some uh we can put them on there but there's some categories i'll be honest i'm not very well read in like graphic novels or young adult novels so yeah not to name really i mean i read graphic novels off and on throughout the year but it's not a focus of mine, so I couldn't really... I don't read enough to say that I have an opinion there. Yeah, uh, so... Yeah, I think we could just... We'll go through all the categories, but just for listeners, you know, we might be like, oh, you know, I don't really read that, or... But um, the first one is Superior Achievement in a Novel, and uh, I guess you can start this time, Shane. Well, since it's horror, I will leave those other ones out that I was just thinking when I went, no, that's not horror, that's crime. Um, <laughs> that's easy for me, but superior achievement in a novel would go to Damien Angelica Walters if I was the guy who was making that determination. That's that's a very good, uh, very good choice. I love that book. I had that one in my top yeah. couple. I guess I should name the book. It's the Dead Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't go to actually Damien. It would go to the book. <laughs> good point. Good point. So. Uh, now I guess uh, you can go, Laurel. I'm trying to deter, you know, and determine like what I how to like call out superior achievement. At, I'm going to go with The Luminous Dead. That's another great choice. I love that book. And that was like, it was such an, I mean, it, it's like a, it's almost like a one woman show for a large percentage of it. You've got, I mean, you've yeah. got the information, but it's still, it's such a limited cast. And to be able to just bring up all that dread and everything else, I, I love that book. Yeah, that's what I liked about it, too. And I know that, you know, there's differing opinions on it. And, you know, I, I can see valid reasons for why some people may not like it. But for me, it worked really well. And for a lot of the same reasons that you said, um, I like that, you know, there's really two characters, you know. I mean, there's other ancillary ones that are mentioned. But as far as, like, the action, it's two characters and, like, a and like it's set in one setting but she makes it so varied you know with like the different chambers and stuff like that that it feels like way more expansive and like the world building elements were really cool oh yeah i haven't read it yet but i do need to that's uh caitlin starling's book right yeah 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 um, yeah, I really need to because I've heard so many people talk about it and not a single one of them has had anything but high praise for it. Yeah, that that was another one that I really liked. And I'm going to, for mine, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Um, 
because I consider it a novel, and I know um, John and Tony do, but I don't necessarily know, you know, how the official Stoker rules would view it. But I would go with uh, Taft's The Fearing. Oh yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, uh, damn good choice. Yeah, and that's see, that's we're all basically sitting here naming books that would be more than worthy of the honor. Yeah, yeah, that's like, um, you know, it's kind of like the problems with uh, year-end lists, and like, I don't know how they can narrow down the preliminary ballot from, you know, 20 to, I think it's like five or six for each category. Like, when we do our year-end lists, I did 20 books, and like, I did rank them, but with the exception of like... I think like my top three that were ones that like really just stuck with me. It's not like book 20 was, you know, that much far off from book six or four. Yeah. There, Cause there's just so many great ones. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. No, you're good. I, 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 didn't, I did a year end list for um, deadheads and I didn't even try to rank it. I just like created my own categories because it, you know, like I can I can give something three or four or five stars, but what makes one thing five stars is not the same as what makes another thing five stars. So I created like yeah. twenty really rando categories, but <laughs> yeah, I've I've thought about doing that, but uh, I I don't think I'd be creative enough to do the title thing, <laughs> and also I know like. <laughs> People like expect the rankings, you know, not that that's a reason to do it, but it's mainly because I suck at titles, <laughs> you <laughs> well, know, I except, except for some, <laughs> huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, you um, suck at titles, I suck at ranking, so we're going with our <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, I don't do either. I just name my favorite books and say none of these are in any particular order ticket, as you will, you know, and I lump everything yeah. together because... It's like I'm fucking lazy. The ones the ones I've reviewed, instead of writing a blurb about them, I just go copy something from my review and put it there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we also have the next category is superior achievement in a first novel. And I'll go with one. Well, I guess we'll go in like reverse order. Not that I can remember other than I was last, but for first novel, I believe I, I hope that I'm correct and I'm not embarrassing myself, but I believe uh ration was the first novel, uh, Cody Luff's book. I believe so. And that would be my vote for that one. I mean, the luminous debt would be too, but uh, there is, something about uh ration that just I don't, I don't know it was like something i've never read but at the same time it was you know it had like a familiar theme like a kind of post-apocalyptic dystopian feel but i thought it was i thought it was outstanding it was i i'm i really agree with you there and i mean especially about it just there being something about the way he constructed that world and those characters there i mean there were just so many things that I don't, this is going to sound dumb when I say it, but it's like, as soon as I read it, it felt like a truth, you know, like it wasn't yeah. anything I heard before, but I was like, oh yeah, that rings completely true. Um, yeah, no, that, that's a good choice. Ration was excellent. Was that a 2019 or was that 2018? Yeah, it was a uh, 2019. I can't remember the exact, uh, 
the exact date, but I, yeah, I wish I remembered that. I, I was thinking it was 2018, and when Don Gillette was asking, you know, for recommendations on a best first, I would have totally thrown up Cody Left's book. Yeah, it, it's kind of that's one thing that can be tricky, like when you do like lists or whatever, is trying to remember when everything came out. Like I told Shane, I kind of cheat. Um, I do like collections on my Kindle. Like I'll put 2019 novels or whatever. And then as soon as I get them, I just put them right in there. So I don't forget. Yeah, that was uh, August. August 2019 is when that was published. And that's the only input I can give other than I heard it's a great book because <laughs> oh, I haven't man. read that one yet either. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a short, fast read, but uh, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, I think. Yeah. Well, I'll go, I'll go next. Um, I'm going with, uh, before Shane can steal it, I'm going with Remains. <laughs> <laughs> and she fucking knew that's where I was going. <laughs> I, I like the power play there. Laurel's like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, remains. <laughs> but I do have a backup, so uh, let's talk about remains, though. What a fucking incredible book. Oh, man. Yeah, that's just... I, I can't wait for what comes next from him, because it... I don't know. I've probably already fangirled all over that in every episode that I've been on so far, but... I don't know. Re- it's so good. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if there's such a thing as too much. It, it's just brilliant. Um, and the guy behind it is just a prince. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever encounter. Oh, yeah. He's, he definitely has been. I was thinking that was the one that uh, Serp and I did the buddy read, and, and she you know, organized that video review of. And... Until I watched that, I didn't really realize how bad my resting bitch face was. <laughs> I'm going back and watching it, and I'm like, she's asking me the question, you know, and it's, the video is on me, and she's like, so what did you think? And, like, all this lead up. And I'm like, if I'm Andy, I'm going, holy shit, she hated it. She's so angry. Why is she so angry? <laughs> I'm like, and then I'm like, I loved it. And it's like <laughs> makes the guy like wait in in purgatory for long enough. <laughs> so that was eye opening for me. <laughs> it's it's one of the things I envy most about women is their ability to make a resting bitch face. <laughs> oh man, that was great. Uh, but yeah i'm in a shane's boat on that one like how he said that's one he's heard is great but hasn't gotten a read yet that's that book for me i keep meaning to read it but i don't know i just keep forgetting (laughs) but i've heard it's excellent like i definitely want to read it and uh pretty much all of his books because shane shane's read all of them and he told me they're all excellent. Anytime he recommends something, I know it's going to be good. So, um, Yeah, and that one is definitely like Laurel so astutely pointed out. That's the one I was going to name. 
in that category. <laughs> you know, so I'm in full agreement with her, except for I don't have a good resting bitch face at all. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I did have a backup because I knew she was probably one of you two were going to preempt me on a book. So, <laughs> uh, and that would be, and I'm sure those of you who have read it amongst us three um, would agree. Uh, Sean Hamill's A Cosmology of Monsters was a debut novel, which is fucking believable because it doesn't read like a debut novel in the slightest. No, yeah, that's a a definite great choice for uh, that one. Yeah, that that's and I'm in the same boat where it's that's it's on my shelf. I bought it, um, and I, it's one of those I really want to get to. It always seems like I have like this line of things I am supposed to get to first, though. Yeah, <laughs> tell me Just, about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dream about taking like a week off work to just be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to catch up on my TBR. I'll, I'll see you guys in a while. Come back to um, work. In a- exactly. Uh, fuck life. I have reading to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, right. not to mention drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, that, that was, that was a great, uh, that was a great debut and like the whole, mythology he did and you know the way he was able to weave like different styles in there i can't wait to see what he comes up with next i know he tweeted the other day that he was starting something new so yeah um, i'm excited to see that yeah i'm i'm totally totally thrilled to see something new from him and from andy cole who i'm hoping to Death is working on something right now. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah, now that I think about it, I'd have to go back through, but I think I had quite a few debut novels like on my favorite of 2019 list. There's a lot of really good debuts this year. Oh yeah, and novels and novellas both. There's some incredible stuff that came out. Yeah, for sure. We talked to a we talked to a person last week who is such. Was it last week, Samantha? Yeah. <laughs> My memory sucks. <laughs> I can't I, I can't fucking remember last night most of the time. <laughs> Which leads us into the next category superior achievement in a young adult novel. I I haven't I don't really read YA to be honest, so I I don't even know like what kind of books are eligible for that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pass on that too. I I did recently purchase, thankfully right before they hopped off Amazon, uh, Cena Paleo's um, two earlier. I I did not know that she had written two young adult novels before. Um, I think it was. Uh, no, I'm gonna screw it up if I try and say. But anyway, she had two two young adult novels um and i picked those up but i have not yet read them and then uh, they were i think maybe in 2012 and 2014 or something so and i'm looking forward to that yeah i want to read her prose her uh her poetry is so incredibly gorgeous and dark um i really want to see what she can do with a story too 
it it fits pretty much all the words you just said. It's pretty much the same. Her her story in Pake Tulo Sepas was really good. It was the I, it was the one that closed out the anthology, and yeah, it's it was really damn good. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, because it was like for such brushstroke things, it was so haunting. You know, the yeah. two little kind of ghost references and then the whole familial connection and everything that that was a beautiful story i loved that i didn't realize they had pulled those off of amazon but yeah it was uh santa muerte and another one right yeah um and she tweeted about it it was because that press actually went out of business ah. uh, and, and i was wondering what happened because I had seen it eligible for um, polling for the next Ladies of Horror Picture read uh, read along, and then it was gone off the list. And I think it was because it became it it was no longer available. Um, yeah. But she's going to work on it and then try and get it out to another press to be released. That would be cool. Yeah. And uh, before I go to the next category, I just want to say because like I always. I always didn't read young adult novels because I'm like, hey, they're not really going to appeal to me. But I've heard from plenty of people like on Twitter and stuff that it's not necessarily what you expect. So I'd be open to giving it a try. Like I know uh, Adam has one coming out, Clown in the Cornfield, I think, is the title. I didn't realize that was my name. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming out through uh, Harper Teen, I think. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's a couple authors right now. I'm blanking on their the titles, but I think I have like one or two on my Kindle because I was like, I'll yeah. check them out. But they're, they're supposed to be really good. So I am open to checking out some of them. I just haven't this year. Yeah, I know, like, uh, Stewie Patty over at uh, Horror DNA um, says that Jeff Strand writes some of the best YA novels in the business, um, which when you, you know, kind of get a grasp of that guy's personality, you can see how, if he cut the swear words out, that might be the case. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> mostly. Um, but And I know John Mayberry has written some killer YA stuff that I've, that I've read. The Rotten, Rotten Ruins series is incredible. But uh, I couldn't speak to this category at all because I didn't read anything in it this year. Yeah, and uh, the next one is graphic novel, which, like I said, I, I don't, I'm not too familiar with those, so I can't really yeah. comment on yeah. that. Yeah, it passes well. Um. Then we've got superior achievement in long fiction. What does that mean? Is that, I mean, you know, I've always been confused myself. Like, I'm not sure if it could be like maybe like a novelette or that's maybe what I think. Even, or like maybe even a novella because I don't think there's an official like novella category. There's not. I think there might be. I'm looking at the 2018 ballot. It goes superior achievement in a novel. Uh, young uh, first novel, young adult graphic novel. Then it goes to long fiction, short fiction, fiction collection, screenplay, anthologies. Yeah, you may, it must be must be novellas and novelettes and chapbooks and things like that. Okay, and that, yeah. 
In that case, there's a there's a lot of good ones on there, but uh, for me, it would be uh, in the scrape by uh, James Newman and Mark Steensland. Is that yeah. How you it? Yeah. Which, damn, damn good book. Yeah, it has. But I have not read that. Yeah, it's really good. It's kind of um, like there's not really anything supernatural in it. Um, there's kind of like an allusion to like a vision, but I think it's more of like a metaphor piece. But it's got some really dark, like kind of realistic horror type stuff to it. And of course, it kind of has like that noir vibe. So I don't know. I read it and especially like as you learn more about the characters and you get to like that third act, that was a hell of a reveal. Yeah. <laughs> to say yeah. the least. Yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, that one was my that one was my favorite. Hey, Stan, you want to go next so I don't steal anything from you? I was going to say I'm going to jump in and say <laughs> uh, Samantha Kolyesnik's true crime. That's 2020 though. Yeah, it, it is yeah. 2020. God damn it! Well, that is <laughs> on all the ballots. <laughs> <laughs> Then, well, you know what? That is true. So, so Laurel, you go while I think about this. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two then to give you extra time. Um, go I would for say it. Uh, Possession of Natalie Glasgow um, by Haley Piper. That that's just was such a stellar, just incredible achievement in in that sort of a in that sort of a piece. It was just really. Excellent. And then the other one would be the Festering Ones by S.H. Cooper. That was a really good. Um, I think I talked about that one before, too. But, yeah, that was a um, cosmic or with an all-female cast. It was That one was really well done. Yeah, she's one that I really, really need to read. I've been talking to her on Twitter off and on lately, and her work just came to my attention really from you, I believe. Yeah, and she's man. I mean, she does all these podcasts, like and voice acting. She's just, she's got a lot of talent, um, and a lot of energy that I don't seem to have. So I kind of envy that. But uh, yeah, where does that come from, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I'm. I'm having trouble with that. See, now I got, I finally got to fucking interrupt you. I've <laughs> <laughs> been trying all night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what novellas I wrote that were actually 2019 novellas this year. What about Chad Lutsky? Um, wasn't the Pale White was this year, wasn't it? Oh, a- yes, it was. Yes, it was. And that is a prime prime example right there so yeah i'll jump right on that (laughs) thank you (laughs) and see rich laughs like he's been sitting here the whole time when he just got back from taking a leak (laughs) well i i like how he did that but actually i didn't i was heading there but now i have to wake somebody beat me to it so (laughs) (laughs) on that note (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'll save that for a little bit and we'll repeat that <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is superior achievement in short fiction 
Mm. So, which would mean an individual short story, I'm assuming? Yeah. I'm Do you know what would the short story talks about? Now, now none of us will speak for a while. I, I'm just going to shut the fuck up now, Laurel. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the individual ones, you know, because I think of collections. But the Short Sharp Box series, there have been a lot of really cool ones in that. Um, I liked Haley P- Piper's uh, Invitation to Darkness, and I liked uh, Steve Stred's um, The One That Knows No Fear, and also Mike Thorne had one that was a. Uh, it was actually two two part it was like dreams of lake druka i think and one other one and his was really good mm-hmm. those were very silly so I, I threw three out there yeah i have to i have a copy of mike's um that I'm, i need to review but i read his collection darkest hours and i always i really enjoyed that so i look forward to checking that one out yeah those are uh, great i yeah that's uh what was the name of that Betty Rocksteady story? Is it Tiny Bones Beneath Their Feet? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, with the cats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that was an incredible fucking story. Uh, that one is definitely one. I have trouble, like Laurel, remembering names of stories. And there are so many. I mean, that one I would name, or if I were to knee-jerk, I'd say In the Pines, or another knee-jerk and say every fucking story in Paul Tremblay's Growing Pains. So I guess I'll just name that in the short story <laughs> category when you get there. I got that one. You guys can't have it. Um, <laughs> um, we're already talking about short stories. You mean like collections? No, we're in a, talking about just a... That's superior achievement in a work of short fiction, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I confused myself. I don't even know. You but, did. Uh... I, <laughs> or I confused you. Yeah, yeah. one or the other. <laughs> the, po- the point was when we get to the, sh- the short story collection category, I called Dibs on Growing Pains. I don't even know. Oh, yeah, there is one. Um, I guess for mine... I would go with uh, I would go with uh, Jessica Lane's story, The Sundowner. Oh, I don't know yeah. if she submitted it to that list, but um, like if I were picking one, I would pick that one. Yeah, that one was excellent. I love that one. Which I um, wish I remembered the character's name, uh, but she's kind of like a private investigator, and she's hilarious and badass and. It's got a cool. It's got a cool take on a popular horror figure that, and there's like comedy in there. It just it really works, and I hope that there's like novels about that character. Yeah, because but yeah, the the way that she handles that whole you know interaction is just hysterical. Yeah, and then of course there's uh, there's those stories that Ink Heist published this year too are pretty fucking stellar. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, to be fair, you skipped that too, but I know. I just I was like, what the fuck am I thinking? What well, about I, I should preface this with even though I just 
didn't even think to like name one of those is I probably wouldn't have only because I wouldn't have wanted to seem like biased. Um, I, have, I have no, I have no issue with that. I'm totally biased. Stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I'm biased now because I'm not really a uh, judge, but if I in, in tend to judge role, that would be too biased. Yeah, I couldn't go there. I I understand it's possible too, but I couldn't. <laughs> oh God, Shane. <laughs> I yeah, I I show no reverence towards any institution. So <laughs> uh, don't expect to see ink heist on any uh, Stoker list anytime soon. Um, <laughs> I did not trash talk anybody. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I think we all went for short stories, right? Yep. Okay. So the next one is superior achievement in a fiction collection. Well, and, you know uh, what I'm just say, so. Oh yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll, uh, kickstart this off. Um, I would go with, uh, Matt Hayward's various, various states of decay. Um, I already mentioned a lot of my favorite stories from that one on a previous episode. Um, and I, I would, I would give a close, like they're pretty much neck and neck. Betty rock steady's collection and dreams. We rot was another really excellent one. So I would cast two votes. Yeah, one- it would be, <laughs> I would have to say it would be, if you really made me pick it, those three collections would be impossible for me to pick between in all honesty. Yeah, and, like, uh, that was the first thing I read of Betty's, and, like, I was just blown away by it. Like, it's so, it's so unique and like, how she's able to mix kind of, like, traditional horror things, but it's kind of got, like, a surrealist bent to it. But it's not, like, one of those things where it's, like, too weird, you know, where you can't, like, get into it. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. She... It, that's a perfect description of her work and pretty much all of her work mm. but uh, her talent shines through in everything she does but exceptionally exceptionally so in that collection yeah yeah that I love that one I have to I still need to get that one I need to read the in dreams we wrought and was that through perpetual motion uh, no I believe it's actually from uh your publisher. Oh, that's, that's Journal Stone. That's right. I forgot about that. It is Journal Stone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, if I uh, on collections, I was gonna. I was wondering. I went to go check to see whether um, Carmen Maria. I'm gonna butcher this. Machado or Machado, her body and other parties. But I just checked, and that was actually 2017. Um, so I'm gonna go with Sonora Taylor's uh, Little Paranoias. Was really good. I've read uh, individual stories by her, but I haven't read that whole collection yet. I would love to do so. It was really good, and the very first one in it, Weary Bones, was excellent. And it's also it's mine. <laughs> Sorry, I'll forget. I'll forget we even talked about it, so I just went ahead and bought it. <laughs> oh, good. That was fast. Well, I trust you. Don't fail me. (laughs) Yeah, the pressure's on. (laughs) No, I have no doubts. That one is a that one's a really really good one. 
Um, yeah, same here. I'm, I, Rich is radio silent. Are you there, Rich? Yeah, I'm here. I thought you were, even though you already picked yours, I thought you might have like said a few words about it. No, I said I said same here, and I didn't actually mean same here as if I'd read that. I just meant more that I'm excited to read it. Well, no, I meant about how you picked Paul Tremblay's. I oh, thought yeah. you were I thought you were gonna like be like, oh yeah, here's a couple of the stories that I dug. Or my problem is in remembering titles of stories without having the book in front of me, which is to say that I don't. Well, yeah, no worries. Um, I mean, are, I. There are a lot of revisits to characters and scenarios in some of his novels, particularly uh, Mary and Marjorie from A Head Full of Ghosts. They show up a few times in there in stories that have oddly little to nothing to do with A Head Full of Ghosts. But uh, one of them, but one of them, the story is one of the stories that. Marjorie used to make up and tell to Mary in the book novel A Head Full of Ghosts. Um, the Thirteenth Temple, I think that is called, and it's a stellar, stellar anchor to a great collection. Everything I've read by him, I have really enjoyed. I, I think this appearance at Devil's Rock is probably still my favorite, but... Yeah, I'm torn between that one and Cabin at the End of the World. Those ones both just chilled me to the bone. Oh, yeah. I, I loved Cabin, but my God, it was so tense. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was. like 10 pages in. I'm like, I can't even move. Like, I'm so tense. Like, I can't. This is horrifying. <laughs> It, it was from the very first scene with the little girl in the yard and the guy walking up and it's like, oh, that's just ice, ice water in my veins reading that. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next one is Superior Achievement in a Screenplay. Oh. Mm. And if, if you guys aren't sure, because I, I think you, basically any 2019 horror movie you can pick. That's really hard, man. Well, if if you guys um, don't have any, I guess I'll go. Um, I would go with Tigers Are Not Afraid, which I know was originally like 2017, but it wasn't released till 2019. <clears throat> so, and I think that's from uh, Issa Lopez. Such a great movie. I just absolutely loved that movie. Yeah, same here. So that gets my vote as far as script, because I know, I know probably like Midsummer and stuff will be on there, but for my money it would go to tigers are not afraid because the story was excellent the performances were excellent and i know it's probably based off of just the script but that was a pretty pretty devastating story um when tigers are not afraid yeah it's on uh shutter i think i don't know if it's streaming on other platforms but yeah, I think it's actually a Shutter film, isn't it? It might be. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, it's 
I don't have Shutter anymore, but I was fortunate enough to see that before I canceled that account. And yeah, a brilliant, brilliant, beautiful movie. Um, and I think even if you were to to um, pare it down to just the screenplay without all the other pluses that you mentioned, it still yeah. it still qualifies. Yeah, and if anyone doesn't have Shutter, I think they do like a month trial. Definitely take advantage of that and check it out. Yeah, I could, I know I can tell you how to get a month trial. I won't do it here <laughs> online. I'll, I won't do it on here because I don't want to piss Shutter off. But <laughs> well, I thought that was like the standard thing. It was like a free thirty day trial, or is it only uh, like a? What happened with me the last when I did the first trial I had I uh it's a seven day free trial okay but then three days into the seven day free trial I went and canceled the subscription which will still last to the end of the seven days and they immediately sent me an email saying hey would you like thirty more free days so there you go. Yep. <laughs> after, after Shane just said he wouldn't say it on air, and then I proceeded to lay it out step by step. <laughs> fucking Shutter's never going to listen to our podcast, and if do and you, if you then straight stranger things have happened, as you all know about, like who's aware of what we're doing and what we're not doing. Um. <laughs> Sounds like a good story. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but like I, I, we could tell you off air, but I, I don't want it to appear like we're bragging about stuff. I, I don't know. That just kind of makes me feel weird, <laughs> like name dropping almost. Yeah, I struggle with that too, but I'm also kind of shameless, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh. Who knows? Maybe uh, that 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 could be a story for another. Uh, ask me anything if somebody listens to this episode. Just file that in your back pocket for later. It was Beyonce, wasn't it? <laughs> was no. It? <laughs> no, no, and we, we should we shouldn't mention her on here because Shane kind of hey, 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 just let's just leave that alone. <laughs> I fucking dodged that bullet. Don't get me in trouble. <laughs> okay. In that case, we'll get to the fun one. Um, superior achievement in an anthology. And uh, I can't remember what order we went in, so we can just... You guys can have a free-for-all on who gets the first one for that. Go for it, Laurel. Pa- I'm really trying to figure out how to pronounce it. Paco Tula Sepas? Yeah. I just wanted yeah. to beat you to Rich, so I appreciate you throwing throwing that out there. Actually, I was gonna go. Uh, I was gonna go a different route because uh, I mean it is eligible, and that's a great choice. Um, but I think because it's kind of like it's like multi-genre, and I've already expressed my love for that for like three straight weeks. <laughs> so I was gonna, even though it's definitely worth it. It was my favorite anthology of the year, but um. And I'm just curious, Laurel, because I don't know if I ever asked, and I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot, but I was just kind of curious what stories you, what stories you really liked from that one. 
Um, I loved um, La, tu- La Turistas was really mm. good. And I loved Bobo. Um, that was the one that yeah. was like in the, the like conversational format. Yeah. There was so much that was striking about that. And then just also sort of like what happens, you know, what Bobo ends up doing. I'm like, oh, 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 this just went in an interesting direction. Okay. That one was really good. Um, yeah. And and I loved uh, I loved Cena Peleas in that one. I think and actually the first one, um, yeah. I can't remember the name of it. But it was about the White Witch, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something really cool about that one. And I think when I talked with Angel, like I I specifically didn't mention it because I'm like the reveal part of it is kind of one of the things I really like. But it introduces like a a real life historical figure we'll say that uh that made it like a really cool interesting story yeah and it was it was a believable you know sort of cameo in there yeah. it wasn't the thing that just felt like a like a out of nowhere mashup yeah exactly sorry i'm sitting here silently because it's another one of those i shamefully haven't read yet Oh man, it's it's definitely really really good. And like as you heard on the episode with Angel and stuff, like there's so many different like styles and genres. And that that's one of the things that I really liked about it cuz like there's some that like I immediately connected with just because of like the genre, but even some that weren't necessarily like genre fiction. You know, I I really dug those too. Um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I can't say for about the book, but I can say that I've read most of the authors in that book in other forms, and uh, they're every single one of them is just absolutely a stunning, stunning talent. Yeah, and uh, I guess you. If you uh, if you want to go next, Shane, you can have that one. Um, I think I would say, is it 2019? Um, the seven deadliest. Yeah. Yeah, I would go with that. Edited by uh, Patrick Beltran and D. Alexander Ward, um, who is one of those anthologists, you know, like Doug Morano and Ellen Datlow, who just doesn't ever do it wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that I, was excellent. I think you read it too, Rich. Um, mm-hmm. Stories, correct me if I fuck any of these up. There's seven stories in it, obviously, and they're yeah. about the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story in there by Rena Mason, by Casey Lansdale, John Foster, John Taff. Who else, Rich? Uh, Bracken McLeod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard Thomas. So that's six. Oh, Brian Kirk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, killer, killer stories. Uh, John Taft wrote a story that just horrified me and grossed me the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, wait until you read his, because uh, I just finished this last week. 
<laughs> Man, that was <laughs> to quote Shane's own words that he said to me on one episode. His brakes were squealing. <laughs> That's what he said when I did that like donkey laugh. He's like, Rich, your brakes are squealing. <laughs> But yeah, wait until you read his story in uh, Lullabies for Suffering. I finished that uh, at the end of last week, I think. And let's just say, because he mentioned it a couple times in his Fearing episodes, it was by far the most brutal, like, violent, splattery type story he's done. Was that the melting point of meat? Is that yeah. that Okay. I mean, just the name of that for the love. No kidding. That alone gets me. (laughs) Yeah. Wait wait until you read it. Like it, cause it kind of had the same, it kind of had the same effect on me. I mean, it's not really kind of, it's not a spoiler at all, but it had the same kind of story as like love tap, like the, in terms of like the effect it had. Cause like, a lot of people associate John with a certain type of story. And this is like far to the opposite end of that, (laughs) but in a good way. Yeah. Love tap was very, not what I was expecting. It was, Mm. it was really excellent. And then of course, I think there, I forget who had commented on it and said, yeah, John, I'm ready for the love tap. And he's like, yeah, well, tell me that after you read this. I'm like, oh, he probably wasn't ready for the love tap. <laughs> I, I think it was Tony. <laughs> was it? <laughs> Most so. likely. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Tony. <laughs> oh, you got to love Tony. I'm pretty sure that, that just sounds like him. Yeah, that was definitely him. Because <laughs> I said, I thought the same thing, too. I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> when I read that, like I said, I always I always associated him with a certain style. And when I read Love Tap and I got to that yeah. one scene with the bathtub, yeah. I was like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> I, well, he said it, it was funny too when he sent it to us to before we had said that we would take it. Um, he said he all he said was this one's a little different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because on one of the episodes I was like, and I had mentioned it to Shane prior to bringing it up to him. I was like, I think John's like heading towards like a more violent like style because love tap was pretty pretty extreme and yeah, same, was. Uh, same with the melting point of meat i was like where is this mean streak coming from <laughs> well and think of some of the shit he did in the fearing too <laughs> exactly yeah i think that's i think that's how it initially had come up yeah like we were talking about some of those scenes but yeah that uh that the seven deadliest that would be a great one and uh i guess for me being last i have to give it up to and people think it's just because of the uh concept which part of it is that but not for the reason you may expense but 
expense. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too many. But uh, yeah, for my pick, I would do Tales from the Crust. That's the pizza horror anthology that Max Booth did. The one that ruined his life. Yeah, and David James Keaton. And and destroyed publishing forever. <laughs> yeah. I'm we, still so proud about that. I mean, I just feel like... Yeah, I mean... People. It's well done, Max. You destroyed publishing. Good job. Uh, yeah. Max, the, Max, Max does it right. If he's going to fuck something up, he's going to do it big time. <laughs> yeah, and... He'll he'll probably cringe if he hears this, but, but uh, like for the for the more obvious reasons, I think I did in my write up, is that you know it's it's a ridiculous concept, but when you take a look at the stories in that collection and the wide variety of angles people took with it, and just the creativity, it was a lot of some of your best short story writers taking a fun concept and just letting their creativity run wild with it. And that's the kind of thing that I really dug about it. And it was a lot of fun to read. I got to find some new authors from it, but it was mainly just like the, the creativity that was shown throughout it, like the exercise in that, like them kind of just taking this ridiculous idea and coming up with some, some of them were pretty damn scary. And uh, two, when you talk about superior achievement, it doesn't get much better than uh, basically influencing every anthology's opening call for the entire <laughs> year. So, yeah. like the first time i saw it i was like they've got to be friends of max's because what are the (laughs) odds and then i just saw it everywhere and i'm like oh no wait he uh his anthology really had an impact like no pizza stories Everything that didn't get published in it is getting submitted everywhere else I forget, I, one time, it was after we recorded with him, so, you know, we were all having fun, and I, I won't lie, I had a nice buzz going on, and him and I were joking back and forth through Twitter, and I told him he should do a, uh, he should do a follow-up, I forget the exact title, but I said he should do it about garlic knots or something. <laughs> Just to really stretch it, can we? He said no. <laughs> yeah, he said no. <laughs> His exact words were, "I will never do a themed anthology again in my life." <laughs> His episode with you all was like that has got to be the funniest one I've heard. Oh yeah, he's a blast. Yeah, he's and hilarious. That story about the scorpion, I. I mean, I died. <laughs> uh, yeah, that just just mentioning that story does bad things to me. <laughs> I think that also might have been one of the best transitions on the show because we were like, "Oh yeah, about scorpions. How about the story with the dick spiders?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, one of the best ways to send Max Booth on a Max Booth the third me on a hilarious tangent is just to use the word dick in a sentence (laughs) guaranteed he's gonna go somewhere funny with it (laughs) (sighs) but yeah he that i think 
that was probably the episode where I laughed the most. Oh, yeah, that was utterly hysterical. And, um, we'll get, we're almost at the end of the ballot. Uh, superior achievement in nonfiction. I'm going to go ahead and jump all over this one because I want to make sure that I, uh, I get to pick it. I'm going to go with Monsters, she wrote. And I know I got to look up the authors because I'm terrible at that stuff. I know one is, uh, Lisa Kroger, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Lisa Kroger and Melanie Anderson. It's, um, the full title is monster. She wrote the women who pioneered horror and speculative fiction. Um, it was put out by quirk books who actually did paperbacks from hell too. And this is kind of a similar book, except for it takes a look at from like the earliest, you know, books in like the gothics and horror genre up to the modern day about some of the women writers who pioneered the genre. And I was familiar with a lot of the contemporary authors in this book, but a lot of like the more historical authors from like the 1800s or early 1900s, I wasn't familiar with. And uh, they put it forward in like a really kind of fun style. And they put like recommendations at the end, both of the author's work and like, if you like that author, maybe other authors you could check out. And I've already started buying books from it, just like I did with Paperback from Hell. So I'll probably be broke sooner than later, but it's an it's an excellent book. Very informative and fun. And the design work, Quirk always does a stellar job, and they really crushed it with this one. And if I think it's like an essential book to have, just like paperbacks from hell. The fuck was that? What? <laughs> what? You guys didn't I, hear that sound? I heard it. It sounded like something fell over, but no, no, that's not what I heard. It sounded like, like someone sharpening a straight razor. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where that would have come from. That's a little bit creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking George, man. <laughs> but why is he angry? Why is he sharpening a straight razor? Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I probably didn't hear it because I was rambling on like an idiot, but... <laughs> I'm so glad Laurel heard it because you went, what? I'm like, oh, fuck. Am I the only one who heard that? <laughs> Mr. Skeptic is sitting here hearing ghosts and everyone else is going, what? <laughs> Did we get to the end of the ballot? Or was, oh, wait, nonfiction. I got nothing. <laughs> Laurel's like, please let me go. No. The only, the only no. fiction I've done is read this year was Paperbacks from Hell, so I kind of don't have an opinion either, except Paperbacks from Hell. Hey, great book every year you read. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, guys, uh, definitely check out uh, Monster She Wrote then in that case. It's a unanimous pick. <laughs> yeah, it really is excellent. Uh like, every time I talk about it, whether it be that I finished it or, like, oh, I picked up this book from it, p- 
people are always like, oh, yeah, that was such an excellent book. And, you know, I found so many authors and like some of the biographies, like you wouldn't believe some of the some of the stories in there. But, yeah, it, it was excellent. Um, so, yeah, the next one is a poetry collection, which this is right up Shane's alley. But. Um, yeah, um. Sorry, I have to look at the title because I suck at remembering anything. Oh, no worries. Um, Stephanie... I, I want to say Widevik, yeah. Todd, Todd Kiesling, I think, said Widevik, but I think he's wrong and I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, if you ever want to be on the Ink Heist podcast, we'll just... Make fun of you later. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and if you have a complex name, do email the pronunciation to us in advance. <laughs> um, I haven't reviewed it yet, but uh, Stephanie Whitevich's um, The Apocalyptic Mannequin. Yeah, yeah. I, I still have to check that out. I think it's probably, I think it's probably the best one she's written today, which is saying. An incredibly, incredibly lot. She uh, it just kicked it out of the park with this one. Uh, definitely, if you haven't read her, this is the one I I recommend you pick up and read first. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that actually. As soon as I'm done my next read, I'm gonna read that one. Yeah, I agree. That one was excellent. That's, that was gonna be the one. It's gonna, are you hearing the sharpening again? I did hear it. Did you hear it, Rich? No. <laughs> well, you want to know why I probably can't hear it? Because I have my headphones on, and whatever is making that noise is probably standing right behind it's me. Right fucking behind you. <laughs> just opening that razor. That's why, that's why I'm just staring straight ahead at, uh, at the screen here. <laughs> Oh, well, I don't, I was actually going to Apocalyptic Mannequin. You stole that one from me. And I was actually, while you were coming up with it, I was like, I could, I could jump in and steal it. You should have, you got to show them who the boss is. See, I even, I even, gave away, I even gave away the author's name and everything, Laurel. That's honorable. <laughs> I try and stagger my thievery. <laughs> That's probably the only I'm confident because the other collections that I've read are actually not from 2019. So I'm just going to second that vote. That was a really that was a really excellent collection. That's acceptable. That's acceptable. Yeah, I'll give a third because I don't read a lot of poetry, but I have I have a copy of that and I've heard nothing but great things and I want to check it out because um, I've enjoyed some of her poems I've read in other venues and um too i don't know if you know shane but um she also wrote like a novel called the eighth that was really excellent and i think it was supposed to be like a series or something um what was what the eighth yeah that that was i hope it's going to be a series man because that was an incredible novel yeah so i always like i said i've read a couple of her poems here and there and i really wanted to check those out so I think I'm going to start that after I finish uh, The Other People, which I started this week. 
the CJ Tudor book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When Which, uh, that. I don't know if you've ever read any of her books, Laurel, but I there's a lot of similarities, I think, between your guys' sort of style, like uh, kind of like supernatural and like crime thriller. Nice. It's really good. What What would you recommend to start with? Well, honestly, because I never really knew much about her books before. Like, I've seen them everywhere, but I just never had a chance to pick them up. Uh, she has one coming out on the 28th called The Other People, and I've just been addicted to it. Um, the kind of short sales pitch to it is it's like this guy, and he's stuck in traffic, and he's like, I got to get home because like his relationship with his wife is strained and she wanted him to like make one day where he could make it home on time and as he's stuck in traffic he's thinking that this guy in front of him is kind of a dick because he has like all these shitty bumper stickers and then to his surprise he sees like a girl pop up in the back window and it's his daughter and he kind of sets off chasing the car and then he gets a call saying, oh, we need to talk about your wife and daughter. And it's not really a spoiler, but some crazy stuff happens and his life kind of falls apart. But it's really addicting. Um, yeah, it's kind of got like a secret society thing going on. And yeah. Yeah, basically everything you just mentioned is mentioned in the synopsis, too. So there's no spoilers there. Yeah, yeah, I tried to keep it safe because I'm about uh, sixty some percent in, according to Kindle. So I tried to keep it vague, but yeah, it's really, it's really addicting story. Seriously, <laughs> that sharpening is coming again. You, seri- you seriously don't hear that, Rich? <laughs> no. Wait a second. Is it this sound? Yes. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> it was it wasn't intentional. My freaking hands are cold because it's like it's cold in this closet. So every once in a while, I gotta rub my hands together. Your hands are like fucking sandpaper, buddy. <laughs> well, I, I think it goes through the headphones, and my hands are right next to it. Because the headphone, the headphones have like a built-in mic, and I didn't think it would pick it up. I didn't think it was that high quality of a mic. <laughs> well, at least I got to scare you guys today. <laughs> so we'll lead right into the final category, the Specialty Press Award. Just think, though, before we we go there, before I forget this, (laughs) anybody who listens to the podcast will think up until that point right there that Laurel and I are hearing something really fucking freaky. And and they'll hear it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they will, or maybe they won't. Goddamn well better. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it doesn't show up. (laughs) <laughs> it's right. It sounded like someone sharpening a knife. <laughs> well, I think, like I said, the the microphones are attached to the headphones. 
and my hands are really close to it. I mean, they're kind of dry, but I don't think they sound like sharpening knives. <laughs> Wait till you hear the podcast, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start getting all these tweets. We're really concerned about you, Rich. Here's some moisturizers you should look into. <laughs> Think about like those old movies where you see the guy sharpening a straight razor on a on a strap. That that's what it sounded like. Instead of just making fucking Edward scissor hands. <laughs> or that, yeah. Yeah, that could be my like. You know how people have like radio nicknames. There you go. That could be mine, Richard Scissorhands. Richard Scissorhands. <laughs> Like I'm sitting there going, scissor hands, that explains all the fucking typos. <laughs> that's more <laughs> that's more a result of fat fingers and like when I text you I I keep it like vertical my phone. So like the buttons are really tiny and I try and like rapidly rapidly text back. Uh, oh, yeah, my. so uh, Specialty Press Award. <laughs> specialty Press, is that for a particular work or for the press themselves? I think it's just the press themselves. I think last year, like, uh, Raw Dog Screaming Press. Yeah, I would say Thunderstorm Books is who I would call for that category. Well, that's the other thing I'm kind of confused because it says specialty press, but I don't know that uh, Raw Dog does like limited editions. So I wonder if it means like any indie press or. I don't know, man. I don't. I wouldn't think so, but it's that's. I just went specialty press. All I can think of is you know Dem Shores and Thunderhead and I yeah, mean, which. Either or, I could replace Dem Shores in the Thunderhead slot and still think that that was a good pick. Yeah, well, in that case, we'll just go with uh, Specialty Press for our purposes. It'll just be any press. Whatever the fuck we want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. Words now, which is, we come up with <laughs> Yeah, basically. Um, on the, I guess on the Specialty Press, I would do... Um, Right uh, I agree wholeheartedly too. Um, in any given year, I believe that gray matter in all categories has so far been uh, left out in the cold, but um, they've been in several of them, and they belong. They belong on the top of them. Yeah, agreed. Um, I guess for mine, uh, to try and pick something different, I'll go with Grindhouse Press. Everything I've read from them has been excellent. The design's been excellent. So Grindhouse Press gets my vote. Yeah, that's a damn good press, too, um, as is evidenced by Kolyesnik's True Crime. Yeah. Uh, and if I if we were going that route, since I picked those two limited edition ones, I would I would call Silver Shamrock's number for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, kind of do like a fun little wrap up on the Stoker exercise. 
Uh, thank you, Michael, for asking that question because that was the sole contributor to our Ask Us Anything. Uh, the, re- the rest of you, you you fucking rock at retweeting shit. You suck at asking questions. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Michael, Michael, he helped us out a huge, uh, a huge amount with that question because that question, you know, not that we couldn't have talked about other stuff, but uh, that led to a lot of great stuff, a lot of great material and and books to recommend to people. But yeah. Our uh, our first ask me anything was kind of a a fail in the terms of a uh, actual questions asked, but the right question know. was asked exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll have to do we'll have to do on not soon because I I I know people like our episodes, but uh, I don't think they want to hear the sharpening of knives anytime soon, so. It's probably better that we have a couple guests coming up, but we should definitely do one again and maybe uh, give people more notice. (laughs) More notice, exactly. Yeah. It was kind of unavoidable, though, but it was a lot of fun, though. Um, It was, and like I say, it was a good question to ask because it filled up all of almost two hours now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And... so Michael Clark, he gets a special shout out for this episode. Yep, we dedicate this episode to you, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, there's a lot of great books that you know. I wish I remembered all of them. <laughs> I remembered some, but I'm sure I'll be asking you guys about some of the ones that I haven't read. But um, just kind of some upcoming stuff we have coming up uh next week we're going to be talking to brian kirk author of will haunt you and uh we are monsters which will be coming out i think the tuesday after we talk to him the 28th maybe i could be wrong but i know it's coming out soon through uh flame tree press um and it's a fantastic fucking book if you haven't read it um yeah now's your chance and you definitely want to yeah, that's that's one book that I'm really glad is going back into circulation. Um, yeah, me too. And Flame Tree's been really good about bringing back the really super good Sam Hain books. Yeah, yeah, and that one. I remember when I read that. It oh man, it it was my novel of the year. I think when it first was published through Sam Hain, but like I was just blown away. And then that story, and I can't remember the exact title, but the story he wrote for gutted, I think it was called like picking splinters from a sex slave or something like that. That that sounds like it. Yeah. But like that was a ballsy story to do because it could have went really, really wrong, but he nailed it. Um, Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Brian's got a knack for if if I saw that title on a story with any other author's name attached to it, I would hesitate. Yeah, yeah. But, when I read it, I I was kind of, I I won't lie, I was kind of nervous about what it would be like. But then when I actually read it, I don't I don't think anybody else could have written that story. No, no, I'm not not and pulled it off tastefully, semi tastefully, Brian. <laughs> you'll have to tell him that next week <laughs> or even like will haunt you 
Um, like, I don't know if you've read that one yet, Laurel, but he, that, besides just, like, the story, which is a total mind trip, like, some of the stuff that he does in that book, I'm like, how the hell did he even think of that? But it was an excellent book, but, like, even the other aspects he tied into it, like the Easter eggs, um, which we'll probably ask him a little bit about next week and the whole obsidio thing that tied into it it was just that that i gotta say because he came up with that all on his own i'm pretty sure he told me that with the help of todd who did a lot of the graphics work for that that was probably the most innovative book campaign in terms of marketing i've ever seen from big fives from anybody yeah, I got that one. That's another one that I own and I need to read, but I heard it was like in some ways kind of similar to House of Leaves. Um, uh, yeah, that I think that's accurate. It's like a more accessible version because it's got kind of that same surrealist quality to it, but without any of the holy shit, how do I even read this page aspect? Yeah, it's not quite <laughs> as experimental as. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's got a lot of it's got a lot of like these weird concepts, but yeah, it's a lot more readable than House of Leaves. But that is a pretty accurate like comparison in terms of like the subject matter and the themes and stuff. Nice, yeah. I'll need to read that before we talk to him next week. Yeah, he's a. I'm really, really looking forward to talking to Brian. Brian's a really super, super good guy as far as. At least as far as, you know, in chat and direct message and whatnot. He could be an asshole in person. I don't know. But. <laughs> I, talk, <laughs> I, I talked to him once before on a video chat, and uh, he, he's a nice guy. It's kind of funny because um, I I had to, I was watching my daughter, and my wife was doing something, and I was having a conversation with him and Todd about, you know, promoting will haunt you and stuff and my daughter was in the background because i did video at that time and uh my daughter's in the background i'm sitting there trying to talk to them like all serious like yeah this is how we should do this and like she's hiding behind me (laughs) and then like all of a sudden you just like i'm watching them in the video but like you can see yourself and i see her head just like peek around (laughs) she's like playing peekaboo with todd and brian (laughs) 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 and like brian's like laughing and stuff and then that's what made me notice because he's like laughing as he's talking and i look and i see her she's just like peeking her head around my head and then she's like hiding behind me And that's perfect for, to, yeah, perfect to segue into what I wanted to say, too, and that is we're talking to Brian on Saturday, correct? Saturday, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also have a one-on-one with Todd Kiesling on Thursday that will be airing. Um, you know, through the magic of audio, I've already had that conversation, but you can hear it after this conversation. So process that. Um <laughs> But it, but yeah, we it was an excellent conversation. We talked about his forthcoming novel, Devil's Creek, and his limited edition, Dim Shores chapbook. Uh, damn it, Scanlines, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, and some other stuff that's coming out from Bloodshot in uh, 2021 that I'll be sharing around on social media here in the next few days. But uh, I just wanted to interject that because I'm a dick and I have no respect. <laughs> I wanted to just leave a nice pause there, but that should totally be the closing line of this episode. <laughs> I was I- click. I'm a- I'm a total dick and I have no respect. And then the second half of our intro song kicks on. Right? <laughs> Yo, that's definitely got to be it. Uh, but yeah, just in case you don't cut it and end it there. Thanks for listening, everybody. We had a blast talking about this. And uh, thanks, Michael, for the questions. Like I said, that helped uh fill up the episode uh we yes. would have found we would have found something to bullshit about anyway oh, yeah. at it, but that really yeah. made it easy yeah exactly yeah. okay thank you michael <laughs> and thank you laurel it was excellent as always and thanks for putting up with us for two solid hours oh yeah. no that was awesome <laughs> yeah for sure well yeah now she's a part of the official gang <laughs> Yeah, absolutely uh we are both over the moon to have laurel hightower as our third person in the mix we've been watching for someone for a long while and as i told laurel the other day um when she came on the podcast the first time as a guest we knew then that we would like to have her on on a regular basis so here we are welcome laurel that's awesome yeah. thanks Thank you. I'm super psyched to be here. Yeah, although now Shane kind of ruined it, even though we are happy because I really wanted to end it with the I'm a, no, I'm a dick and I have no respect. <laughs> but, well, now we can't cut this part. <laughs> all right, let's well, I'll cut it out and put it before that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh. But yeah, it was a blast hanging out with you guys again this week. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking to Brian next week. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Uh, thanks a lot, you guys. I'm going to buzz off now. Bye. Hey, Rich. <laughs> What's that? You are recording this, right? Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fucked up? <laughs> Let Laurel quit. <laughs> That's a perfect ending. Oh, man. Right, I'll catch you guys later. I love you, people. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. See you, bro.